0: The following has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Jesus Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com. All God's children said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated today. If you have your Bibles, once again, turn with me to Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. We've been looking at this verse in Joshua, and we've been looking at a, a promise that God made to Joshua that he also makes to us. Now, I don't know if you know this, but the Word of God is not like some historical book that you read in high school or or some book that you read in college. The Bible says that the Word of God is active and alive. That means that in in His words, the Word of God, we find life. And so when we see a promise, when we see God speaking to someone about something, we can understand, we can receive that promise for our life. That we can just have some confidence to say, God, I believe this is what your word says. And and here's the promise that he gave to Joshua that he gives to you and I today. He says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Now, we see these similar types of promises to be with us and not to forsake us all throughout the word of God. In both the Old Covenant and in the New Covenant. In fact, Jesus promised that he would be with us just as he was returning to heaven. He says this in Matthew 28. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, I said this in the first service. Let me try it one more time. Lo is not a Chinese guy that he's talking to. He's talking. A few courtesy laughs. I appreciate those today. Lo, I am with you always. He's talking to you and I. He is with us always. Even to the end of the age. King David said this in Psalms 37. I have been young and now I'm old. Yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. David's saying God's consistent. God, God was the same when I was young and he's the same when I'm old. And he has promised to never leave us nor forsake us. See, God has promised to be with you every step of the way on your destiny on your journey of your destiny. But the promise, and here's the key, centers around his presence. The promise that he made is that his presence would be with us every step of the way. But it's his presence that is the promise. Not the car. Not the home. Maybe not the mansion. Not the financial blessing in his life. It's his presence. The blessings... That, that we see in our lives that of the cars and the other things those are wonderful Because I love tangible evidence of God's goodness showing up in my life See if I told you all the time that God was good, but God never showed up and did something good in your life You'd have a hard time believing that but when you start believing and receiving suddenly you'll be amazed at things that will start showing up in your life But it's not the things It's not the things, it's his presence, because his presence is worth far more than a million dollars. It's worth far more than a brand new car. It's worth far more than a house. Some of you aren't convinced yet. His presence is worth more than anything else. The presence of God Almighty being with you and I, to never leave us nor forsake us. My tang is getting all tangled today. You know, I'm having one of those slow brain-moving days. Do you ever have those? You're thinking of something, but your mouth is about ten, two seconds behind, like a delay. You ever watch somebody being interviewed on TV, and they ask him a question, and they stand there? You're going like, did they not hear the question? It's because there's a delay. Sometimes I feel that way when I'm speaking. So it's the blessings that are tangible evidence are, again, the manifestation, but it's about His presence. His presence is with us, but we still have to go through the process. Now I have to tell you today, this is probably not one of those messages that you're going to get up and run around the, the church today because we're talking about the process that we have to walk through. His presence is with us, but we still have to go through the process to get to the next level. As we're walking in our promised land, you've walked through one door, but there are more doors that God wants you to walk through. There, there are new levels of things that he wants you to walk in and understand. It's amazing where you're at in this room, isn't it? I mean, right now, I don't know about you, but I look around at the room I'm already in and I'm going, wow, this is amazing. But there are more things that God wants us to walk through. There, there are new levels that God wants us to go to. Now, sometimes people don't want to go to the next level because when they hear teachings like new levels equal new devils, they get a little bit of afraid to grow. Man, I don't want to grow. I want to just stay right where I'm comfortable. But listen, the pressure that you dealt with in elementary school felt as just as real to you then as the pressure that you deal with today. I mean, think about that for just a moment. Think about when you were in first and second grade. Any of you remember your first and second grade teacher? You remember some elements of being in there? And, and there was some pressure that you felt that felt tremendous. You're about ready to take a test on addition, And you're no longer in single numbers anymore, now you're in double numbers. And the teacher's been telling you, soon you're going to go to triple numbers. And you're thinking, oh my goodness, how am I going to be able to handle this? Right? Or the little girl that sat next to you that had written a note during lunch, do you like me, yes or no, circle one. The pressure that you felt from that, right? Wouldn't it be awesome to go back and have that pressure again? Oh, you know what? In fact, parents, can I remind you about that? When you're getting a little frustrated with your kids because of where they're at, at the level they're at, that we don't get anxious with them. And we don't tell them, come on, sucker, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Step up. Be a man about it. I know you're in first grade. Look, man, you're potty trained now. (laughs) Act like a big boy. It helps us develop pressure or the, the ability to handle pressure. It helps us every, every step that we're growing for our, our capacity to grow just a little bit. Now when you and I deal with math problems that two plus two equals four, we're able to handle it pretty easy. In fact, we could even go 10 plus 10 is 20. So not 30. Stay with us there, those of you that are a little mathematically challenged. And let's get into triple digits. Y'all feeling crazy today? 100 plus 100 is... 200 that wasn't that pretty easy But I promise you there was a time when that was a pressure to you And when you begin to understand that the pressure that you're dealing with right now may feel overwhelming But when you get to the next level, you're gonna look back at that pressure that you dealt with and go Man, that really wasn't as difficult as I thought what happened your capacity grew To handle more from God And what God wants to do is do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or even think But we have to recognize that he's constantly taking us through a process to get to the next level. So his presence is with us, but his presence doesn't abort the process. I wish that living for God and God's presence in us would give us always a get-out-of-jail-free card with things that we're walking through. But listen to this. It's his promise of presence through the process. His presence is with us, but we still need to be developed. You may think, man, I'm there. No, we still need to be developed. His presence is with us, but we still need to be trained and equipped. His presence is with us, but we still need some rough edges rubbed off of us. Some of us have some rough edges that need to be rubbed off of us because they're going to either keep us from or hinder us from our destiny. God puts us through the process to prune us. In fact, here's what he said in John 15. Every branch that bears fruit, meaning it's already bearing fruit, already some good things happening in our lives, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. He puts us in the process so that we can go through what was necessary to be tough enough to stand where it is that he's taking us. We sometimes look at people that are successful and and where they've arrived, and we look at it and we think, I want to be there today. I'm telling you, if you don't go through the process of what it takes to get to that next level, when you get there, you won't have the character and the ability to handle it. We look at people that are successful in business that now have 15, 20, 30 employees working for them and we go, wow, I wish I was there already. If you don't go through the process, you won't be able to handle it and be able to stand there when you're having to deal with payroll that's bigger than any amount of money you've ever thought of paying out before. When you're dealing with rent, when you're dealing with all of these other issues of life. So it's the process that makes us tough enough to be able to stand where it is that God is taking us. The process develops you. The process trains and equips you. The process develops in you and I persistence and tenacity. Never quit. One of the values we have here at our church is the the word pernacity. Now you may try to look that up in the dictionary. It's not there. It's a made up word of persistence and tenacity putting together. We're looking all the time for people that had pernacity. Let's say I'm not quitting. I I don't care if my kid pooped in his diapers on the way to church. We're getting to church today. I'm going to bring a spare diaper and I'm going to change him. I don't care that if I don't feel a little well today, I'm going to church today. Here's the litmus test on whether or not you should go to church. If you'd still go to work, come to church. If you're so sick that you shouldn't go to work, then please don't come to church. Amen? (laughs) Amen. So it's this pernacity. The process prunes your heart. The process burns out all of the wrong motives that you had when you started. It's through the process of the wilderness that everything in you that is not of faith dies and is buried in the wilderness. It's through the process that you go through the fire that refines and purifies you into the precious metal of who it is God created and designed you to be. It's through the process of the wilderness that kills all the unbelief in us. That we're able to stand because we know in our know because we've walked through something. That we know in our know that our God is more than able. He's not, just, he's not just that he just can, it's that he will. If you notice on our declaration, we had changed it from God can do what he says he can do, to God will do what he says he will do. Because God will do it. Turn to your neighbor and say, man, I'm going through the process. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I'm going through the process. We are in the process, but his presence is in the process. Even when they throw you into the fiery furnace, he'll be there. When you pass through the waters, he will be there. When the flood is coming against you, he will be there. It will not overtake you. God's presence is with you. Listen, even when, maybe a better way especially would be to say, especially through the process When you feel all alone, His presence is with you. When you're filled with doubt, fear, and unbelief, His presence is with you. God's presence is with you even when you're practicing your scales, rehearsing while you're waiting on your recital. I've talked about this metaphor before about how the recital is when you get to do that thing that you are called to do and people see you doing it and you're excited because you're getting to do what it is that you are destined and created to be. God's presence is with you while you're practicing your scales, rehearsing, waiting on the recital. Most people don't know that. They only recognize God's presence in the recital when things are really exciting and they're emotionally moved by stuff and not in the rehearsal. God is with you during the slow, mundane, routine, dry, ordinary days of your life. Are you still glad you came to service today? In fact, let me tell you that you're going to have more ordinary days than you are spectacular days. You really are, man. And if you can begin to understand this, you can recognize that sometimes process can be a little bit boring. It's not as exciting. And what we have a tendency to do is because sometimes process is boring is abort the process. To get out of the relationship. To... Leave the promise that we were standing on because the process is a little bit boring. Listen, playing scales is boring. You know, we watch these musicians play up here and we can be so wowed by them going, man, I love that. But I'm telling you, playing scales can be boring. I took piano when I was younger and I can tell you that playing scales are boring. My mother made me practice my scales and scales are nothing like the recital. In fact, let me show you this today. Check this out. Yeah, huh? Wasn't that exciting? We'll be selling those CDs at the end of the service. By show of hand, can I see those of you that would like to purchase that CD? All right, just a few of you, great. Listen, nobody wants process. Pastor Richie, we didn't sell one CD. Nobody wants the process. We want the end result, but we don't want the process. Because process is the accumulation of boring days. Of things that don't move, of things that don't change, of things that don't seem to be getting any better. Process is just the routines of life that can be extremely boring at times It's going to work and coming home again It's laying out your clothes for the next day because tomorrow you got to get up once again go to work again It's see you sweetheart. I'm heading to work today I'll see you this evening Kids your lunch money's on the table Hey sweetheart, don't forget to pay the electric bill I already did paid it on my phone On and on, routine, routine, and we just, we want the spectacular, and the spectacular is awesome. The spectacular is amazing, but it's the process in our lives that develops in us what it takes for us to walk in the spectacular moments of our life. See, it's the discipline of the day in and day out routine. It's getting up early that before you go to work so that you can spend time praying and reading the word of God so that you can connect your heart to the heart of God, to set your heart towards him because it may have gotten set somewhere else. To be able to read the inheritance that God has for you so all day long you're walking in and understanding that there's an inheritance that God has for you. It's showing up to church on Sunday, even when you don't feel inspired to show up to church on Sunday because the enemy is attacking you, trying to keep you from going so that you can learn how to live by faith so that your faith can grow, so that you can, through the process, day by day, moment by moment, line upon line, God, I thank you that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God, I thank you that you are for me and not against me. God, I thank you today that I'm blessed in the city, that I'm blessed in the country. God, that I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed going out, that the blessing of the Lord brings wealth and he adds no sorrow to it, to where you hear the promises long enough that you begin to know and understand the promises. It's those routines of spending time in the word of God to understand so that your faith begins to grow. So that you begin to understand that you have giftings inside of you. That every one of us have giftings that are, need to be imparted and shared with the body of Jesus Christ. That you have giftings in you that are in you to build other people up. To encourage people. It may be something as simple as greeting people when they walk through the door with a big old smile saying, Man, we are so glad that you're here today. Thanks for coming today. I can't tell you how many people comment all the time about how friendly this church is. And I'm telling you, there are people that live in very unfriendly environments. They work in, in very unfriendly environments. And man, when we get the opportunity as a community, and we're dedicated, and we get the opportunity to spread the love and hope of Jesus Christ, it makes a difference in people's life. And now because you're growing in your faith, you're beginning to understand the unique destiny that God has on you. Do you realize today that you are fearfully and wonderfully made? There's not another one of you. You are not junk. I don't care if right now you're a little broken from some stuff that you've walked through, you're not junk. And if you'll allow the master mechanic or the master physician to come in right now, he'd love to bring healing. He'd love to repair some areas of your life that you are not junk, that you have an amazing destiny that's on your life. And that destiny not only affects you, it affects everyone that is around you. Do you know that today? You're learning that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're learning that the favor and the blessing of the Lord are upon you. Even when you've been taught all your life that it's conditional based upon your performance, you're beginning to understand that you dwell in the blessing of God, that his favor is on you, it's over you. And as we learn how to flow with his obedience, it starts showing up in even greater ways. You're beginning to understand that, And now because of that, you're becoming more proactive at work. You start showing up a little bit early anticipating what the boss needs even before they mention anything You're beginning to work harder on the relationships of your life. You've stopped waiting for people to serve you and now you're serving others You're working harder at the relationships of your life and you stop waiting on other people to serve you and now you're serving others You start working harder in the relationships of your life instead of waiting for other people to serve you You're now serving others Can you imagine if that started happening in your family? Can you imagine if it started happening in your workplace? Can you imagine if it started happening in this local body where we were no longer in church for what can I get out of it, but God, what can I put into it? Not because if we do it, we think God's going to love us more, but simply because we're basking in the revelation of how perfectly he loves us. You're now serving them, and even though it took a while, And at times you wanted to quit. I promise if you're doing anything, there are going to be times that you're going to want to quit because it doesn't seem like things are changing because because you're living the life of faith and you're being being careful to be more faithful. You're learning and developing how to be more faithful with the call of God that's on your life. Whether that's call on your life as a school teacher a construction worker, it's a doctor, a nurse, a homemaker, a pastor, whatever it is, because you're being faithful. Because of that, you're doing what you know to do. See, we, when God's talking about you and I resting in him, he's not talking about us just sitting back and not doing anything. He's talking about doing what we know to do, but resting through the process of doing what we know to do. Yeah. When I'm working on my marriage, I'm not sitting back going, God, I'm just waiting on you to change that woman. And when you change it, things are going to be great in my life. <laughs> God's saying, Pastor Richie, you don't have... Well, he actually doesn't call me Pastor Richie. He <laughs> calls me Sunny Boy sometimes, and so, sometimes he called, hey, good looking, come here. Whatever... <laughs> However he wants to call me, whatever it is. But he says, hey, there's some things you need to be doing. You know what? You need to be showing God's love that I put in your heart. You need to be showing that to her. You need to be showing that to your kids. You need to be showing that to your church. You need to be showing that with people that you come in contact with. Because God's changing me on the inside. Suddenly it starts changing everything. I'm just walking in the call that I have. This isn't exclusive just to me as a pastor. It's the same with you, whatever it is that God's called you to do. And because you're knowing, you're doing what you know to do, suddenly things are beginning to change in your life. Sometimes it's just little by little, slow progress. Other times it's one of those, oh my goodness, God moments where God does something extraordinary in your life, and suddenly you're beginning to understand that for your entire life, you've been in the process of walking in the destiny that God has for you, how God has taken everything in your life, even the things that the enemy has meant for evil, and he is using them for your good, to develop you, to strengthen you, to encourage you, to build you up. Part of what you've walked through, your misery becomes your ministry. Suddenly things that you walked through that were challenging and difficult, you have the opportunity to speak Life, into other people because you know what they're talking about because you've walked through it too. Because See, even when we don't see it, God manifests His presence in the process. It's His promise to us of His presence through the process. That's why He promised us in the verse we've been looking at, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. But listen today, if you don't know who He is, If you don't fully understand the goodness of God, the goodness of Jesus Christ, you will miss him through the process. If you don't know that he's good, when you're going through the process, you'll be going, God, where are you? What's happening? We've got to understand who he is. See, how well you're able to live the life of faith is determined by the answer to this question. What do you know about Jesus? Do you know that his love for you is unconditional? Do you know he loves you with an everlasting love? Do you know that his goodness is for you and towards you all the time? Do do you know that he is for you, that he believes in you even when you don't believe in yourself? Do you know that he believes in you even when other people don't believe in you? See, the greater the accuracy based upon God's word of what you know about Jesus, the greater the level of your faith. Because when you understand, when your understanding of Jesus is based on his love, it gives you great faith. It gives you confidence in the hope that you have in him. See, if there's hope for the future, there's power in the present. If you know that what you're going through, it may seem like your darkest night, like things aren't ever going to change, it's always going to be the same. God's forsaken you, whatever the accusation of the enemy is. If you have a hope about your future, there's power to go, God, I trust you right now in the middle of my storm. God, I trust you right now in the middle of my darkest hour. See, that's why Hebrews 11 talks about faith, and that's what Christianity is. It's the life of faith. It's not the life of feeling. Wouldn't it be awesome if it was the life of feeling and we always felt woo all the time? We got up every morning and woo, look at today, today, right? Wouldn't it be awesome if we felt that way? How many of you would be honest enough to say that you wake up grumpy occasionally? All right, how many of you just let them sleep? No, I'm just kidding, that's an old joke. You no, know, it is fun as you get older just to tell the same jokes over and over again. My, my kids now roll their eyes. They don't even give me the courtesy laugh. It's one of the things I love about Brianna. She's new in the family, so she still laughs at my jokes. <laughs> give her a few more months, and it'll be same thing with them, right? So when you understand who Jesus really is, it gives you hope. A confident expectation that God is working out everything in your life. Pastor Reggie, not? yes everything in your life for good. He didn't do it. He he didn't cause it, but he's working it out for your good. So the question again, what do you know about Jesus? Let me show you how important this question is and how how it affects your faith from a story found in Mark chapter 5. It's the story about a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. Long years she had this physical condition in her body now. I don't know about you But when I'm dealing with the flu for two weeks, it becomes very easy for me to get discouraged For 12 years. She has this condition in her body and not only that it is going from bad to worse See, maybe some of you are like that here today You're you're dealing with what seems like in your life a hopeless situation Maybe it's a health issue Maybe it's a a relationship issue, a financial issue. And in the natural, you don't see any answer to this situation happening anytime soon. See, and to make matters worse for this lady, not only is she suffering physically, the Bible says that she had actually spent all of her wealth on physicians. So now not only is this condition still in her body, she's broke. Can you imagine for this lady how easy it would have been to give up? to quit, to feel that God had abandoned her? How did she find hope again in the midst of a hopeless situation? What gave her the courage to hope again? Well, I believe the answer is found right in the middle of the story about this woman. In Mark chapter five, verse 27, it says this. When she heard about Jesus. Man, that gets me excited. When she heard about Jesus. What do you think she heard about Jesus? See, it's an important question because it imparted into her life confidence and hope. And it caused her to act upon what she had heard. Listen, that's when you know that you're getting something is that it causes you to act upon what you heard. See, I can tell you all day long, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, even in the midst of your failure. But do you go out the next week and you fail, and you spend four or five days beating yourself up because of what you did? Do you not show up to church because of what you did? Or do you stand back up and say, God, that's not me. Sorry about that. I thank you, God, today. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I thank you that that's what I did. It's not who I am. She acted on what you heard. Watch this. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in a crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. What caused this woman to have such bold faith to risk everything? See, in our society today, we're okay with people having medical issues. But in that day, she was considered unclean. And not only is she risking being humiliated, public humiliation, she's actually risking violence of being drugged by the hair or being drugged away from something. So what caused her to have this faith to reach out and touch Jesus' garment? See, the reason why she was able to have such bold faith is because she had heard about Jesus The Bible doesn't say exactly what she heard, but no doubt she heard how Jesus had healed sick people, how Jesus was accepting of everyone that came to him, even people that were considered unclean, the the down and outers. And it caused her to have faith, to place hope, a confident expectation in the goodness of Jesus. What are you hearing about Jesus? What are you hearing about Jesus that is affecting your destiny See, I would submit to you today that no news is not good news. Let me say that again. I would submit to you today that no news is not good news. It's not good to not be hearing about Jesus. That's why we need to keep hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the good news of Jesus. When we hear it so much that in our, in, our, in our flesh we want to kind of check out and go, I already know that. We've got to keep hearing and hearing and hearing the good news of Jesus. We've got to hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it because we're hearing other things about Jesus all the time. See, this is how faith is built, Romans 10. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. It's about hearing the good news of Jesus Christ and hearing it over and over again. Listen, if you're not, you can't take me with you to get me to preach with you all week long. I know some of you are disappointed in that. My wife gets that. You can preach to yourself all week long. God, I thank you for the good news of Jesus Christ. God, I thank you that you're for me and you're not against me. God, I thank you that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that I'm highly favored. Amen? Amen. You can preach to yourself all the time hearing the good news. See, this is what causes you and I to live the life of faith with a confident expectation in the goodness of God. It's what causes you to remain confident in his promise that his presence is with you. Even through the process, it's what give you, gives you confidence to believe what God says in his word in Joshua. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. That no matter what you're going through, God is with you and he will not leave you. He will not forsake you. That's how we stay full of faith. That's how we live the life of faith, through the process of learning how to rest confidently in the goodness of our God. Because when we accurately have heard about Jesus, sometimes you're hearing God's good, God's good, God's good, but in your mind, because of the way that you were taught or because of your performance, you're going, God's good unless I... But when we're accurately hearing about Jesus, we're able to rest, even when the process is difficult in our lives. When Jesus is taking a nap in the boat because he said you're going to the other side, I don't care how big the storm is, man, you're able to cuddle up right next to him. Say, God, thank you that we're going to the other side. We're able to rest in the process. We're able to remain confident. Listen, I know at times... Every one of us, when we're going through something that we have been believing God to help us through, we've been believing for an answer to prayer, it's easy to give up. It's easy to allow little little things of doubt to start coming in. Well-meaning people sometimes saying, well, maybe this is just your cross in life. Listen, I don't know everything about how God works because he's infinite and I'm finite, and I'm glad that he doesn't download everything that he is into me, or it'd be like that commercial you know, and I would fall over dead because God's that amazing, but you can trust him. You can trust that he's good. You can rest in his promises. You can stand on his promises. You can proclaim his promises, but during the process, again, we recognize that he may not do it like he did it before, and he may not do it the way that we think that he's going to do it, but we know he's going to do it. And when we speak the word, what happens is his promises on the inside of us become more real than the circumstances that are happening around us. And we're able to rest, saying, God, I know that I know that I know that what I'm going through, I'm going through. I'm coming out the other side victorious. So I want to pray over us today. I'm just going to ask you just to bow your heads and close your This eyes. has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Jesus Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com.